Howdy, Yokes. Ethan here. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Isaac Carlson. That's right, Watso Videos himself. Not only did he want to come talk to us about Hocus Pocus, but we're also on his podcast, Following Dreams, this week. A good old-fashioned crossover episode for you. You can find Following Dreams wherever podcasts are sold or given away for free. He interviewed Tyler and I about everything we do every day to make our dream work. It was super fun to do, and I'm sure it'll be even more fun to listen to. It's available wherever you get your podcast November 1st, 2019. So make sure to give it a listen. It'd mean the world to us if you do. And now on with our episode. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Burgundy! I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're going uh, back to our youth. Or maybe we're just stealing life force from a child. So make your potion and talk to your cat. Because today we're bringing you Hocus Pocus. Norrison Post. <laughs> High School Musical was directed by Kenny Ortega and released on uh, not that day, but sometime in 1993, nope. 9,601 9, days. That is the right day. Okay. High School Musical? Oh, well, that also was directed by Kenny Ortega, but Heck yeah. uh, Hocus Pocus, <laughs> uh, which which starts with the same letter, uh, was directed by Kenny Ortega, released July 16th, 1993. I want to reiterate that for those of you listening at home. July sixteenth, July sixteenth, nineteen ninety-three, nine thousand six hundred and one days ago, on a twenty-eight million dollar budget, it made thirty-nine point five million dollars do worldwide. That? Can you say? Can you say that number again audibly? <laughs> I made a twenty-eight or twenty-eight million dollar budget, made thirty-nine point five million dollars worldwide. It has a accurate, if not generous, thirty-three percent critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a seventy-one percent sad audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and absolutely no Metacritic score. This movie is so bad, it is not on Metacritic. Uh, But more importantly, we're joined this week by Disney's favorite fan. Thank you so much for joining the show once again. Isaac Carlson, welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. He was the voice that you heard chime in out of nowhere just a minute ago. He's just only arrived. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so glad that I can be able to come back and talk more about movies. Hocus Pocus, I, I know you guys are very critical of it. I think it's a fun romp, so I'm like, very oh, excited to be able to talk please, Isaac. It. No, you don't. <laughs> I anyway, don't we've got... For a second. So, <laughs> just diving, diving right into this whole thing. I've got a negative review, a professional negative review here from Gene Siskel. That's right, Gene Mother Fortnite. Siskel of <laughs> Siskel and Ebert from the Chicago Tribune stepped down from his ivory tower to review this movie, and he said, and I quote, Dreadful, period. End quote. <laughs> Gene Siskel of At the Fortnite Movies. Well, in this case, Chicago Tribune. But yeah, that's what he said. I think it's a very apt, uh, apt, uh, description. But so, I've got to get a positive review. Yes. Isaac, so you, you think this is, I'm just going to keep talking while Tyler's getting a positive review. Uh, you think this is a fun romp. I'm going to go ahead and hazard a guess that you saw this movie when you were young, when you were an, a nino, a little child. This is one of those movies that I don't remember when I first saw it. So I assume <laughs> that I saw it when I was young. I remember it as so a weird, like, which movie that I remember seeing on 
Disney Channel. So as someone who's coming from the perspective as just realized in the last few years, as I made videos about Hocus Pocus, that it was released into actual cinema, I consumed it as I thought it was a decom. I thought it was a Disney Channel original movie. I also thought it was a decom until today. With Kenny Ortega as the director. With all of that, it's just like, yeah, this was made for TV. This is just a TV romp. And from that lens, growing mm. up, this movie is a great Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> if you told me this was made for less than a million dollars and originally premiered on Disney Channel. Well, I guess not less than a million because it did have some like star power in it. So if you told me it was made for $4 million and originally premiered on the Disney Channel, I wouldn't give it a much higher score. But I do want to tell you, this cost $6 million more to make in the year of our Lord 1993 than Schindler's List, weighing in at $22 million. <laughs> to be also fair, released Ethan, in whoa, hold on, Ethan. To be fair, it does have considerably more color. You know, in 1993, it's harder to shoot on black and white film than it was on color film. It's it's more expensive. Hmm. Well, to do that and process that, I would say okay, this you is just you missed Eisner's my joke entirely. Move is this is this the best move like Disney had to offer? No. Is this but it six was... million dollars better than Schindler's List? That is the that is the high criteria that I have stacked up against this movie right now because I am so shocked at how much this cost to make. I mean, they millions. had to have paid Bette Midler fifteen million dollars to be in this thing. See. That's the only the way thing I can see is, it. is that while I know this does not describe if a movie is good or not, but the investment has allowed them to grow a franchise of Halloween uh, costumes. There's Walt Disney World shows that are focused on the reign of the Sanderson sisters. It, it's become its own entity. And oh, for sure, you can, you can never say that Disney didn't make their money back on toys. Any any Disney movie ever, like I get it, they're better at that than anybody else, except for like maybe Star Wars did pretty well with the whole Kenner action figure thing. But like that is that is completely aside from this. Disney's always going to make their money back at toys. They are brilliant marketing with that, with the with the parks, with the stuff in the parks, with the stuff at the toy stores. Like nobody, Disney is second to none in that regard. And for listen, sure. I'll, I'll give it this credit: the costumes are iconic. Oh uh, yeah, it's one of those I things just... that um even on their sequel book, which released last year. Um, that I made a video about is that on the cover of that book, it's just the three sisters and it's just their silhouettes. Like this is a Halloween like staple that you can recognize who these people are by the silhouettes. So from that alone, there was some intelligent creativity that was put into it. Now, I'm not saying this is like some amazing masterpiece of a movie, I, but it I think it is fun to turn on if you're just going in for some fun Halloween uh, candy eating so fun. Let's let's get the elephant out of the room here real quick. All right. Okay. Most um movies that are considered Halloween movies. Like, they're horror movies, right? Like, people, like, with the exception of, like, the Halloween franchise and 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 uh, a lot of other, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, quintessential Halloween horror movies. It doesn't really matter when those movies come out or when they take place. They have they have been launched and, and uh, kept into circulation by the Halloween catalog, by the Halloween season. They're, they're part of that whole echelon. 
Okay. This movie, I cannot express how on Halloween this movie takes place. This movie takes place October the 31st, 1993, a date that had not yet happened <laughs> when the movie was released. A date that would not happen for like, I don't have five months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why did this come out in July? Why did it come out in July? Why did it come out at all? Listen, Who I so can go direct How to did this DVD. How 39.5 million dollars in July? Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. The yeah. direct to DVD for Halloween itself. DVD. Here's, yeah. Here's my question, Isaac. Do you honestly that's think That's such a psychotic way about thinking about when to release a movie. I'm sorry. Do you, uh, it absolutely is. But Isaac, do you <laughs> genuinely think that this movie is like iconic? Because it's good. Because when I watched it, I was like, this is the room. This is so bad that people like it because it's so bad. It's got to be. There's no way that people are watching this movie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. This is way better than The Room. <laughs> I don't love this movie by any means, but like, there are people in this movie that know how to act. I yes. think that's, that's kind of the, I mean, that's kind of the frame of mind that i go into with this movie is that you enjoy it for just how wacky <laughs> and silly the whole idea is is like some of the things like riding instead of on a broomstick on a vacuum the whole idea that um like they're just trying to like suck youth i mean there's the whole weird thing about like the boy has to be a virgin. I don't understand why they go so hard on that throughout this entire movie, but that's just kind of a, a weird thing. Because that's, like a, that's like a witchy thing, though. I know, but like, it just seems really weird when that's like, it's supposed to be a family-friendly movie, and it's like, that's a much more like PG-13 thing to constantly be talking about. Oh my god, it audience. comes up so much. Yeah. I think what happened I, was... I don't know, but Woody calls Buzz, Buzz Lightbeer. Like, I don't I don't think this is out of the okay. realm of Pixar okay. jokes let's, at all. Let's, let's, mm, let's get one thing clear. Hold on, children. As long as we're going with adult themes... I think Pixar in... would probably find a better way to frame it. Oh, but... I don't think so. Pixar named their two leads Woody and Buzz Lightyear, okay? Don't don't think for one second that Pixar didn't know that those were sex toy names. The way you said names. that made it sound like they were a married couple, like Mr. and Mrs. Lightyear. No, or Mr. and Mr. Lightyear. They're, they're sex toy names. That's now all there is to Now presenting Woody and Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> for the first time. Um, as man and man... <laughs> Toy and toy, um, but uh, I hate this movie. Strange Let me be very clear that I hated hated the me. experience of watching this. But I think what happened was Disney was like, "No, we're definitely not doing Back to the Future. That's insane." And then it came out, and they were like, "Yeah, we could do that." And they made this, and they were like, "This is as good as Back to the Future, right?" And it's just straight up. I'm, I'm really not. glad that you also got the Back to the Future vibes. I got it big time because it was like, oh, this family friendly thing where something weird about sex keeps coming up and there's like <laughs> this sort of But no, but it's like part of the witchy thing, man. It's 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 just ingrained in the whole mythology. I have like, no I, idea. I don't think I'll Disney tell you this cares right now. at all about the like the solid facts of like fantasy or the fairy tales that they adapt. I don't think they care at all. I no, think it yeah, was they, just they a very chose, weird choice. Yeah, uh, yeah I think so, it was just a bad choice. They could have very easily been like, oh, the, it has to be a boy under 17. Yeah. And that could have been the whole thing. That's a much more common thing. That's what right. I would have done. I would have right. never, <laughs> I would have never brought up the word virgin. And and I know that like you're saying it's a witchy thing, Ethan. I cannot tell you when Hermione Granger loses her virginity. I have no idea. It's not brought up <laughs> Okay, this once. is, this is based more, we could, this is based we in could, more <laughs> Wiccan fairy tale than Harry Potter is 
Is what this has this has more ties, especially to to the the Western tradition. But this has more basis and more ties in like Wiccan fairy tales than Harry Potter does. A hundred percent. Okay, I just want to bring up the point. This is that more connected to the realm, the traditional realm of witches, than Harry Potter is by a mil- by the nth degree. Okay, do you guys think it's funny? All right, going off of the idea of like, oh, this is like witches and rituals and all that stuff. But like right before the Sanderson sisters die, isn't it funny? Like when they start doing like the clicks and stuff towards like this angry mob and the angry mob just gets more angry. Is that not an <laughs> enjoyable moment? And you're just like, oh no, my God. No, it's not an enjoyable moment because they hang all three of them and you like watch them die on screen. I mean, I thought this is a family movie. Hey, we... Clayton died. We got to see Clayton fall to his death. That's much more horrifying. <laughs> Wait, who's Clayton? Oh, that's that's the villain from Tarzan who's like chopping the vines. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. That was it. You yeah, pulled you that one out Mufasa of nowhere. die a year later. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I'll give you those. I'll give you that Mufasa died, but that was a work of art. This was trash. <laughs> I think that the 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 I I think that the virgin thing was one of the few things they got right about this movie. Really? What? Yeah, because it was a complete. It was a complete. Because I don't know what the I don't know what the hell happens in this movie. I haven't seen this movie since like oh let I don't me, know let me 2012. I had not seen this movie. Oh oh that see that probably like distorts your perception that you're seeing it as okay this is something that disney created Wait, seeing it with fresh no, eyes distorts my perspe- perception i think y'all's <laughs> perception is distorted okay okay the, yeah, you're, you're definitely right on that standpoint is that you came in <laughs> no, from i didn't the see this as a kid standpoint okay this, I, have no, I have no nostalgia about this whatsoever oh yeah there was no but, nostalgia but no i think that the, the the whole the whole virgin thing was the one thing they got right so i didn't know it was going to happen i'm like oh they they need a virgin to light the candle or whatever that's the only way they're going to come back mm-hmm. and they walk into the house and it's oh it's like oh there's a there's a jock kind of california dude and a, and a, and a pretty girl I'm like oh she's going to light the candle and and then everybody's going to come back and then he lights the candle and they come back and i'm like <laughs> he's a virgin <laughs> Yeah, 1993 me would have thought that was hilarious back when I was one, but... I don't think it has to be a joke for the parents! This is, this is the thing we... Fortnite. Praise Disney for constantly! Is that it's a joke for the parents and not just the kids! Yeah, but well, there's nothing wrong with being a virgin. Why would you laugh at it? I'm for not that? saying there is. Yeah. I just like the fact that it was it was a little bit of a head fake. Because mm. you can see where that's going and then it didn't go there. Huh. I, I guess I can understand your perspective a little bit there. But I can't. I mean, stupid. I just like I just didn't I'm think it was that it's funny. Not I just I'm saying that's one of the few things they think they did funnier. right. Like, uh, just like uh, I, so God, I was watching hilarious. the Sanderson sisters. Maybe it's because we just spent so much time working on uh, not working. Uh, I mean, hardly Shakespeare, but doing like the, the Shakespeare inspired things that watching this and like hearing all the thou shalt thee this such as hitherto for. It's just like oh I wanted. God, I wanted up. more Macbeth and less the Crucible. <laughs> I just have That's so the much real fun. Thing. <laughs> like I just, I'm just thinking of all oh the God, funny parts. I, had, I, had, I don't find so I don't. One? I don't I find had... the Sanderson sisters charming in the same way that like I don't find Betty White charming in the proposal. Mm, interesting. I like. Do How you do you feel like about Sweet song? Home Alabama though? <laughs> What'd you say? No, I didn't like the song. I thought the song was stupid. It was also very clearly like. The beats there were so similar to Back to the Future that I was like, man, you guys are really trying here. Hmm. But that's interesting that you keep thinking about Back to the Future. That's not something that I was thinking about. But I mean, he's got a very similar type of, I mean, even look to him. The main character does. Uh, he Max, plays Johnny oh, B. Good scene. there at the end. 
Yeah. That scene in the in the gym with all the parents or the 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 the, the city hall or whatever, with all the parents dancing is is a beat for beat rip off of Back to the Future. It is it is straight up a complete rip off to the point where he like goes up and grabs the microphone to make an announcement. Yeah. Straight rip off of Back to the Go watch Back to the Future again and you won't be able to unsee it. Also, go watch Back to the Future cuz it's amazing. Back to the Future is a uh, much more fun romp than Hocus <laughs> yes. Pocus, but I would recommend Hocus Pocus on October 31st. So I, I just wouldn't. Back to the Future is great. You can be Marty McFly for Halloween. There's a hoverboard. Marty McFly, way better costume than uh, Max Dennison. Oh, 100%. But is Marty McFly a better costume than the Sanderson sisters? Anytime. No, I would argue. Anytime no. that, that Bette Midler or uh, SJP were on screen, I hurt a little bit. I Sarah Jessica Parker was the only one I liked. I oh. can't. I can't say this is just a weird thing about me. Every time I try to say her name, my brain goes Sarah Jessica Parker, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I, I have to like mentally prepare to say her name because my brain's sitting there going, "Say Sarah Jessica Parker, say Sarah Jessica Parker." I'm like, "Sarah is not a name, brain." Brain's like, "Sarah, <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker." Sarah, Je- Sarah Jessica Parker. Sure. Anyway, she was the only one I liked. Okay. See, all right. So one point that you kind of discussed a little bit earlier was the idea that like Halloween movies are typically more like the horror genre. But again, I'm coming from the perspective of I'm not really into like horror or like scary type of stuff. I'm much more Me into neither. like the spooky type of stuff. So the like Halloween movies that I watch are Nightmare Before Christmas twitches halloween town like the disney channel type of vi- like movies are the ones that i, I would, enjoy i cannot express how much i would rather watch halloween town than this calabar is a sick villain <laughs> um no i wish i could i i um, i agree with you 100 percent, isaac i wish i could point to this and be like this is a good halloween movie that doesn't scare my pants off mm-hmm. but but I one can thing, point to it and be like I want to watch this at Halloween instead of Friday the 13th 7 Freddy versus Jason straight up I could not show this to my niece she would this would scare the crap out of her this movie is not scary in any way yeah but the the zombie that comes up that's costume scary yeah um, I can see that you know the like so Isaac like I wish like either was saying I wish I could point to this and say this is a great Halloween movie and it's a great alternative to you know the scary movies that are traditionally watched on Halloween I just feel like there is not a good Halloween movie, this included. I don't like this. I don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't like Rocky Horror. Oh, Nightmare Before Christmas is trash, but that's for a whole different- for next Halloween, boys, next we'll talk Halloween. some Nightmare Before Christmas. Listen, I'm sure there's an objective You're argument that can be made. You're going to have to get into the long line of people that want to tell us to Fortnite off about Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's an objective reason as to why Nightmare Before <laughs> have you seen Christmas the, is Have you good. seen the movie? Hey, Isaac, have you seen the movie Airplane? Uh, no. Okay, so there's this one scene on Airplane, or in the movie Airplane, where this lady is sitting in her seat on the plane screaming, mm-hmm. and there's a whole line of people down the airplane. It, it shows past them, waiting in line to be the crap out of her for screaming <laughs> and that is what it's like with tyler and i and nightmare before christmas neither of us like that movie at all and mm. everybody we talk mm. to is just like all right well i'm just gonna punch you in the face <laughs> i mean but like, I'm yeah, not so one I don't, you're gonna have to get face, a big long line of people but 
I it, in my short my short view is that I just feel like it captures a lot of the magic of sh like short movies like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, those like old sixties animated. I just I so wish that this was anywhere near as good as the the claymation Christmas movies. <laughs> that I could point to this as like against Rudolph, against uh the the year without a Santa Claus, all of these, and be like, this is as good as those, but for Halloween. I wish anything was like that. Okay. I mean, Hocus Pocus is not compared to that. I mean, that's that's the nightmare before Christmas, just to make sure everyone's clear. Hocus Pocus is like, it's farther down. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> but even, even if we compare, like, I'm trying to think of what Christmas movie is akin to this. And like, the only thing that maybe comes to mind is, the, is one of the movies that we're not allowed to mention on this show. Uh, so I'm just not going to say it because we're not going to be that podcast. But... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. That is, that is miles better. Like, hold on. Hold on. Those are good movies. Yeah, that's the thing. Is those are good movies. And but the no, thing, they're, they're, no, 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 hold, hold on, hold on. Let, let, let me wait, finish wait, this point. Let me finish this point. Okay, okay. Hocus okay. Pocus. So like, I I didn't like this. I don't know that I've seen Halloween Town, so I couldn't comment either way. Okay. But I don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I don't like the horror genre in general. I really like like Get Out and Us and uh, A Quiet Place, like the more recent sort of critically acclaimed horror. But for the most part, I'm not interested at all. Um, uh, but nothing. Nothing in the Halloween genre comes anywhere close to any of the Christmas greats. Nothing is close to Elf. Nothing is close to Love Actually. Nothing is close to uh, even like the Santa Claus. Nothing is even remotely as good. I, I agree. I think I could agree with that. I think ha Halloween is not focused on as much by critically or trying to create critically acclaimed material. It's... Christmas gets a lot more of it. I think there's a lot more, especially family-friendly Christmas content to watch around those holidays than Halloween for sure. I I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. Well, and well yeah, I there's not a whole not lot of particularly not family-friendly Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Love actually is not family-friendly. No, but it's like there's not a whole lot of like Christmas horror movies. <laughs> not in the no, major canon at least. But like, hold on. Let me let me let me make myself very clear though. There are uh so many Christmas movies that are so much worse than this. Mm. There's like, just, they, they come out with 25 more Christmas movies every year that are worse than this. Yeah, Hallmark has its own channel. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's like they just there's a there's a never ending factory of bad of one out of ten Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. Yes, but that there will just are never also find purchase. A never ending factory of amateur filmmakers making horror films. Correct, but correct, but that's that's horror. That's not Halloween movies. That's horror. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's just kind of the nature of the holiday is that kind of in December, the kind of the world like feels, at least for me, it feels like the whole world is like obsessed with the holiday. Like, especially, I mean, right as Thanksgiving gets done, it's like, welcome to Christmas zone. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is, get your gifts ready, your lights out, and your mistletoes <laughs> hung because we're about to get crazy. And then it's just like it's all Christmas all the time. It's like, I mean, there's literally just radio stations that are like welcome to christmas only we're just doing this now <laughs> this is our job now <laughs> yeah i mean at least in america it's we we're just obsessed with it um because it's awesome yeah I, I mean it's definitely my favorite holiday i i flip and love christmas christmas is just 
It's just such a great time of year. But oh, I can't wait. Christmas starts on Friday. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, I, I listened to a bit of Christmas songs because it started to snow. I woke up and there was snow on the cars. I'm like, oh yeah, it's that time oh, of year. Oh, I will be driving around Friday with the windows down, blasting Christmas music for all to hear. <laughs> Here comes Santa Claus, boys. <laughs> What's real quick? What's the best? Uh, Here comes Santa Claus. Uh, oh, I, I don't know. What's the one I like? What's the? What's the? Oh gosh! Now I'm gonna be stressed out. I love Christmas music. Oh god! What's the one I like, Ethan? What? What's the one? You better not pout. Better not. That Santa Claus is coming to town, right? Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Springsteen version. That's yeah. the best one. Ooh. That's. It really the... is. I I only have three playlists on Spotify. I've got my that pop stresses playlist. me out. <laughs> that it's just like anything that's just oh just yeah I probably don't believe there. in playlists it's just kind of like a- anything that I like like then it's the main playlist the Disney playlist that's just anything Disney related goes in there or you know there's a sprinkle of musicals and then the Christmas playlist because I've realized that I like a lot of Christmas songs and I need them all in one place you have three playlists like forever yeah that's just forever I mainly that's just insane. listen to Disney yeah. It's it's grand majority of the time it's just Disney. I do listen to a ton of Disney and musicals. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But I, I I listen to a lot of other things too. I don't really make a ton of playlists. I have a bunch because my my Spotify is what we used the for the radio show many years ago. Um, but that's insane. Do you ever listen to like the playlists Spotify makes for you? How many mm-hmm. playlists? If you go I listen to, your- to those all the time. The daily mixes, the like you know on repeat playlists. I listen to those all the time for sure. I don't make my own playlists. Mm. Not anymore, no. No, I mean, for me, it's typically like, I'll, I just shuffle. This is like all the music that I want to listen to. Like, it's just like, I want to listen to Disney music. This is the vibe I want. Oh, I just click shuffle. I also don't believe in I shuffle. I want to get the the random bits of magic out of out of it. Because I've got like Disney theme park stuff. I've got like all my favorite Disney shows. I have, like Tangled the series. I have very strange I have very strange views on playlists that don't line up with a lot of people. But I believe that if your playlist needs to be shuffled, it's a bad playlist. I mean I That's a harsh stance. But I yeah. also don't like I also don't dump like a thousand songs on a playlist and like call it good. Yeah, see the point of mine is just to get rid of No, I, I understand the yeah. point of yours. I just don't I don't line up with that at all. Like, yeah, when and people you think I'm super ready for it. Yeah. When, I mean it, yeah. it's if you're consuming your media, you can consume it however you want. How dare you, Isaac? <laughs> <laughs> Telling people they can do what they want with their time and their freedom. <laughs> they will do it all the same. Like they my girlfriend's uh, roommate <laughs> made argue. like a middle school. My girlfriend's roommate made like a middle school throwback jam playlist, and they were listening to it. And middle school for them is like early high school for us, like 2007, 2008. Um, and we were listening to it, and it was like it was like seven Paramore songs in a row. And I was like, this is a bad playlist. Mm. Why is that a bad playlist? Because it's, if you if you have a bunch of artist variety, you should mix the songs up. But if if the playlist was just seven Paramore songs, that would be a great playlist. Correct. Ladies but and gentlemen, like, I'm here to tell you, we've all been sleeping on Paramore. I know that it it's was really like, just me, but Paramore is the best ever. So it would be like, it would be like Heart in a Blender by Eve Six, and then something else by a different band, and then seven Paramore songs, and then something else by a different band. I'm like, this is a bad playlist, because like, and she's like, well, I just put it on shuffle, and I'm like, then it's a, then you didn't make it right. You have a lot of Paramore here. <laughs> to be fair, you can always have more Paramore. That's why it's called Paramore. Um, Pair of mm-hmm. more songs. But like, I, for the most part, just make cues. Yeah, I queue up a ton of stuff. Mm. 
Like, it's not uncommon for me to sit down and be like, I'm driving for how long? Two hours? All right, let me cue two hours with the music. See, that's the thing. Like, if I was going to make a playlist, I would probably make one for a designated amount of time. And then I would put it in, like, a very particular order so that you can get the variety that you want. But like your ideal for, let, let me let me make myself clear. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I listen to albums. Interesting. Like I will go on and put on like an album by a band, and I will listen to it front to back. Mm. I've been listening to Jesus Is King. What a banger of because an album! Because I still I still firmly believe in the concept of the album. Mm. I think artists usually well, and, and it's depends on who it is. Like I probably uh, there's probably not a whole lot of care taken in like a Maroon Five album, like as far as how the songs go together and whatever. But it's like uh like like Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Right, that album is created in such a way that you can listen to every song front to back, and they all flow directly into each other. And it is also made in such a way that you can completely reverse the track order, and they still all flow into each other. Do you put on fade, or do you just allow them to go? Yeah, I just let them go. I don't crossfade anything. Okay, interesting. Because I listen to a lot of like alternative music, and a lot of times it is like songs will just bang straight into each other, mm-hmm. and I thoroughly enjoy that in music. So, but I'm 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 not the average person. I'm not saying I'm better or worse than anybody else. It's just I'm not the average music listener. Like I like I would right now just go put on an album and listen to it back to front. And there might be songs that I don't like, and I might skip them, but probably not. And I know a lot of people don't do that, but I I do that. That's how I listen to music primarily and if like if a new if an artist i like puts out a new album i will go listen to that album in the right order like five or six times before i ever think about just like putting on a specific song i mean i know my brother does that that he'll listen to an entire album all the way through especially because ce selectively chooses things to get on vinyl as well so he appreciates right more with the vinyl it's really it. hard to pick a song <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Picking a song on vinyl stresses me out so much. I'm like, I'm going to pick this needle up and scratch the record. Well, it's useless now. Okay. I mean, it's not. Can't listen to this one anymore. You're no not going to no do that No more for me. <laughs> well, I know. I, I, I play with it a lot, but. <laughs> I also, I, I buy things on vinyl still. I've recently picked that back up. Mm. I just ordered a vinyl yesterday. Ooh, which vinyl? Was it Jesus is King? It is not. Oh, it's um, so good. You should get it on vinyl. I actually haven't listened to it yet. I listened to a few tracks today. It's very good. That's what I've heard. It's much better than uh, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I didn't have... See, that was the thing is I didn't have time to consume a whole album today because I was plowing through the Looking for Alaska miniseries. <laughs> and that was just... That was dominating my subconscious. It's like I woke up and I watched Hocus Pocus like as, as soon as I woke up so I could get back to watching Looking for Alaska. I'm sorry that you had to do that. I, I, I will not lie to you, Isaac. All right. I, I really wish that I liked the movie. I really wish that I saw where people were coming from. I really wish why I knew why people were still watching it beyond mm-hmm. it's always on television. Like, I wish I knew why they kept putting it on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated the experience of watching this movie. It was so bad. Hmm. There was not a single scene where I was like, this is this is a worthwhile movie. I I am enjoying this. Every beat was missed, and I, I'm so sad that I feel this way, but it is absolutely how I feel. Isaac, this was the uh, freaking, this is the conversation we thought we were going to have to have about Avatar that we just didn't. No, no, we are both, we are both hyped about Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, give us more. Uh, I know that, I'm, all right, I'm pretty sure that there's a, going to be a third extension of hocus pocus and i believe that there's also going to be a follow-up film that i don't believe is going to have the original sanderson sisters but is going to be other witches so hocus pocus lineage continues to live on 
Um, I'm. It would be a huge cop out if it was still the other Sanderson sisters because they they's dead. I mean, yeah, yeah, they'd have to revive them, which they did in the sequel. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> there was a sequel. Yes, there was a sequel book. Uh, oh. A it, it, little bit of spoilers, but there's a fourth Sanderson sister. There's uh, <gasps> We get to find out more about who their mother is because they reference their mother in the movie. Uh, then there's a big cliffhanger about the the entity that's in within the book. That's what I want to learn about. Uh, so, I mean, I'm... The book made of human skin? Yeah. Yeah. I, Yuck. I, here's the other thing, too, is that I think, like, especially when there's lore contained within one bit of media i love to explore it so i think it's just fascinating to like learn about all the little bits and just absorb all the humor so i mean that's where i'm coming from with hocus pocus and i'm also kind of a kenny ortega like fan i've enjoyed all of his stuff from high school musical to zombies i mean he didn't direct zombies but he like did the choreography the same thing for like descendants i'm kind of into all of the stuff all the like super campy super cheesy stuff that he makes so i guess you also have to take that into account with my opinion that i just i just kind of can shut my brain off and enjoy the the silly childish humor of it all I think I think what I thought was when I turned it on, I was going to be like, okay, this is like a kid's movie that's got adult beats and I'm going to laugh and I can turn my brain off and enjoy it. But like when I turned my brain off, I still didn't enjoy it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, these kid beats aren't funny for children. And these grown up beats are like super uncomfortable and way too on the nose. And that stresses me out. And like I said, like I yeah. really wanted to like it. And I think if I visited like high school musical, I think I'd be like, wow, this is super campy and awful. But Zach Efron and uh, all these other people really know sort of what they're doing. And there's something something of value in here. And I see why people like it. Yeah. I, I do not feel the same way about Hocus Pocus. I do not see why people like it. I, I think Hocus Pocus also also is a weird bag as you described it because it really doesn't feel appropriate or like good for a young audience to watch but right. it's also not something that's particularly geared for adults so it's kind of just it it really is playing it, it didn't intentionally do this but it works really well for the people that stumbled upon it in a weird like tween age and then just have continued to watch it like it, that is the beauty of it is that all it is is playing off of nostalgia that's all it's very good for and that's what i feel like that's the perspective i'm coming from i've seen it when i was young and now i own it on blu-ray and i've talked about it on my channel you own it on blu-ray <laughs> yeah I, that, that's that's the price you pay when you talk about movies and you need the clips from the movies. Is that you just own all <laughs> yeah, the movies? Yeah, see, that's the other thing. Is I do we don't need that. No, you don't. The, I positive... thought about buying it. I actually mm-hmm. so when I was renting it, it's three ninety nine to rent right now and nine ninety nine to buy and free on YouTube and also going to be on Disney Plus. So don't buy it. Um, but I was like, oh, nine ninety nine to purchase. That's not that bad. And I was like, literally, like, oh, we'll probably watch this. You know, maybe we'll make a tradition out of it and watch it every year. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm so insanely happy that I did not buy it. My six dollars is. I just love the fact that Tyler safe. was like, "There's no way I'm not gonna like this movie. Everybody else likes it." Yes, you telling me that that was my stance. Yeah, yeah. And I love that that you were just like, "Oh, everybody else likes this. There's no possible way I'm not gonna like this." I think that's also the thing was I had very high expectations going in. Like when I said I'd never seen this movie, I did not realize how much I had never seen this movie. I think past past like the the Salem scene, like the the 1793 scene, 
I had seen nothing. Like I've definitely seen this movie. Like I could point to a time when I watched this movie. No, uh-uh, not me. Couldn't do it. And I, that was. I'm not gonna point to that time, but I could point to a time. And, uh, so, I, I I kept watching, and there was a few moments where I was like, "What on earth just happened?" For like. I don't want to just poke holes in it because I think if you try to poke holes in the in the movie logic here, you're just going to frustrate yourself with how much <laughs> doesn't make sense. But to poke holes in it, like they couldn't go on the hollowed ground, but they could fly over the hollowed ground. So it didn't wasn't like really stopping anything. Uh, it's also it's pronounced hallowed. And I was like, that's how this word works, guys. Hey, movie makers. <laughs> Hollowed is a different word. I thought I thought it was hollow. I, I guess I, maybe you just learned me something. I would have thought hollowed meant like like has empty space because there's bodies in it because we dug holes here. No, it's hallowed, like 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 sacred, blessed, like yeah, like saintly. Ah, mm. well, you learn something new every day. <laughs> I learned yesterday that I don't like this movie, and I learned today what hallowed means. But yes, yeah, so like there was a ton of hype around it, and then I didn't like it, and that made me sad. I I knew immediately when the zombie came out of the ground i was like oh that guy doesn't like the sanderson sisters that's what's gonna happen here he's not gonna listen to them later on they did the gimmick where he loses his head twice they burned them alive in the kiln why was there a fire in there i'm so confused that's a good question i will admit that's that's a very good question Why didn't they die from the kiln is the main thing. Because they just can't die. They can't. Not until the sun comes up. Yeah, the spirits will not disappear until that point. That's a weird loophole that, like, for vampires. Also, they, were they like, made the parents dance until they died? Until they died? Uh, until the, well, it, originally it was going to be until the parents die. Right, right. that's morbid. Because they're calling yeah. all the children to them. Yeah, so they're having all the parents tied up at the dance party. And then they're calling all the kids, which is how they, you know, get away with why aren't any of the parents, you know, going after their kids when they're just straight up. Hold on. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. We're back at the dance party. The mom can just dress as like traffic cone Madonna. And we're all cool with this. (laughs) I I guess. I don't know. I mean, clearly we are. but I mean, I, I, I get the assumption that she, like, changed into that costume after the kids left. Well, yeah, that it was like, like, she, she went to the party and, like, she did her, you know, I'm a grown-up It's a parents-only party. Right. All right. Here's, also, who's passing out candy if that's where the party is? I mean, that's a good Whatever. question. But <laughs> here's, here's well, another funny 40s. thing. How, how do you guys like that in Salem, like, everyone believes in witches and, like, ghosts and all of the supernatural? It's... To the point where they're just bullying Max. They're just like, are you crazy, kid? So, I don't think they would have bullied Max, but if you've ever been to Salem, Massachusetts, it's really like that. It's really like that, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, yeah Max been. would have been, definitely been the outlier. Like, I don't know that the kids would have gotten that into it, like, growing up there, but he would have been like, what's with all the Halloween stuff? And they would have just been like, like, if there's a spot in this country. Hey, hey, Maxie, Max, let it go, bud. We do Halloween here. We do it big. And that's, that's true. And it, like prior to this, like we were there, not March, March. So well after we Halloween. were there March, uh, March 18th was my birthday. Yes. 2000. It's my 16th birthday. So 2019 or in 2009. Nine. Yeah. Um, so we were, we were there for Ethan's birthday in March. There are pictures from that trip of just Halloween decorations all over town. Mm-hmm. Yep. In 100%. Like Salem, Massachusetts goes hard for Halloween and like the ghost tours. It's it's a big part of the culture in Salem. Yeah. They killed the cat on screen. Like they just get up out of the manhole and the cat's got a tire track through it. 
If that's not horrifying. <laughs> that's scarier what, I, than like, any I, scene in Jordan Peele's Get Out. I said this in a text earlier, but I was definitely, I'm mixing my, my things up here because I was definitely expecting Binks the cat to talk like Salem from Sabrina. And he'd be like, yeah. hey, what's with, the, what's with the house here? What are you talking about? I totally get that vibe. I mean, that's totally like what I completely compared it to in my mind. Did they spend, did they spend $18 million convincing that kid to turn himself into a cat in like <laughs> real life? Is that where this money went? Where do you spend $28 million on this movie? It certainly wasn't on the costumes or Bette Midler's makeup. Okay, that's true. Or the true. sets. All right. <laughs> I feel like Isaac's like, how do you spend $28 million on the? If I gave you $28 I million, gotten, Isaac. I could have made a better movie with $28 million, to tell you that much. I mean, agreed. Who would I could have hired Steven Spielberg to make Schindler's List and then pocketed $6 million. Right. And you'd know Liam Neeson. Okay, here's something interesting. So, because I was just curious about this, like, how much did other movies cost like this at the time? I pulled up Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire had a budget of $25 million. Is that- Yeah, I don't really know where they spent that either. Yeah, like, like there was, there was not very many sets. Like, it was Robin Williams, but- so, uh, huh. released February 12th, 1993, Groundhog Day cost 14.9, 14.6, Jurassic that Park only cost 63. The... Yeah, and they brought dinosaurs back to life for that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sleepless? That movie's scary. That's a, we could, we should watch that on Halloween every year. Every year on Bacon and Eggs, we reviewed Jurassic Park. <laughs> Man, 1993 was a heck of a year for movies. Well, I mean, it had Jurassic Park. What else matters? It had Jurassic Park. It had Groundhog Day. It had Mrs. Doubtfire, apparently. Jurassic yep. Park was also money better spent at $1.029 billion at the box office. When? When did it make $1 billion? That has to be adjusted. Yeah. I have no idea. From what I'm seeing, it was $914 million in 1993. Oh, That's a well, lot. Well, and it did. It has gotten several re-releases. Yeah. Um... I don't know. It's just like this. This just seems like such a, a made-for-TV movie that it doesn't seem possible that it cost twenty-eight million dollars. It did have a real cast, at least for the supporting roles. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, feel like, like that's I said, probably they have where to... a lot of the money went. Like other than the special effects, which I mean weren't mind-blowing even for the time. But like they had a lot of big-name people at least in it. Other than like the like a lot of the kid cast here's the thing though is i i feel like because i was having this argument with mary clay earlier and she was all like oh this special find me a movie from 1993 where the special effects hold up and i was like jurassic park but then i thought about it like i guess industrial light and magic was probably just really busy with jurassic park that year <laughs> well, so like they gotta... probably weren't they probably weren't able to do much else well it came out in june i imagine it was it was that you know that's the first half of the year could have worked for like three weeks on this before it released in July. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, here we go. This did have a pretty decent soundtrack or score to it. I'll tell you that much. I also agree with that. I think, it, I think the music is very good. I think it it's, the it's, tone. it's the outstanding feature of this movie was that I was like, this is a good, good, like nineties movie score. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed so that part. There's two songs in it. They're like, Sarah Jessica Parker, sing a song now. And she, oh God, can she not sing? <laughs> <laughs> With your beautiful, beautiful voice, sing a song to attract the children. <laughs> the virgins, bring me the virgins. 
see, I, I think this kind this type of film kind of falls into the category of this is one of those things that Disney, you know, and kind of every company does at least in some part of their business is that like, there's always something that people can point to and be like, this is the cheap part of the business. Like this is the, the thing that is clearly just trying to like gain money for the company. And that's something that's kind of always existed throughout the Disney company. And this falls into the category of one of the things that was going on when Michael Eisner, the CEO that was able to grow Disney after the Renaissance or during the Renaissance and through it was that the idea of instead of trying to do giant epic like films, the giant Broadway films of like um, esque films like Sound of Music is that it would just be the idea of doing cheap films and then just trying to make the budget back. And so that's what I feel like this movie tried to do and it eventually did it and I think that for what it is, it's not exceptional, but I think for a lot of people, it's just, it's just a romp. It's just a, it's just a weird time that people enjoy. So just a lot to, of people pointed, this is one of their favorite movies ever though. And that is just so wild to me. Movies that Disney released in 1993, just in case you're curious, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Hocus Pocus, Homeward Bound, uh, A Far Off Place, The Adventures of Huck Finn, The Three Musketeers, and Cool Runners are the seven feature-length films that Disney released in, <laughs> yeah, in, in cool 1993. Runners. Yeah, or Cool Runnings. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, what a bop. <laughs> I don't know that <laughs> any of these- What a freaking movie. Are, I think other than Nightmare Before Christmas, nobody calls any of these their favorite film ever. Uh, I don't know. There's a big There's a big following for Cool Runnings. Hasn't that been remade since then? I don't think, I don't so. think so. No, it's that version of it. They talk about it. I mean, like, it's it's like... I mean, any time that you watch bobsledding, people are like, oh, have you seen Cool Runnings? <laughs> right. It's about the Jamaican bobsled team, man. But this, I believe, is a Homeward Bound sequel that I'm looking at here. Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Is that is that the original? That's the sequel, I'm pretty sure. I, don't, I remember loving the Homeward Bound movies. 85 minutes of pure joy. Chance played by Michael D J. Fox. Nope. Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco is the sequel. Good God. <laughs> it's not even trying to change the name from that other movie we can't talk about on the show. Yeah. Have you ever even heard of A Far Off Place? What's A Far Off Place? I don't know. I stopped listening, to tell you the truth, halfway through that. This is Reese with her spoon. That's all I've got. <laughs> As Nani Parker. Uh, Nani's a South African girl. Oh, God. We're watching it. I need the accent. Well, you know, wait, is that Reese Witherspoon going to do a South African accent? Yes. Oh, God. Let's see if I can. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, the preview on YouTube is an hour and 47 minutes long. Do you think that's uh, the whole thing? I I've got a feeling there's a 70% chance it is. <laughs> Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. Is Donald Trump in Homeward Bound 2? <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. It does not tell me how much it costs to make, though. It just tells me the box office. <laughs> Which was $32 million. A Far Off Place was a 1974 uh, Disney film as well. No, not Disney film. Lauren Vanderpost. What is this? Disney history is wild to me. Uh, Isaac, I need fun topics for fun people. Live action Disney films from the early to mid 90s. Listen, live action Disney films are a, a just giant plethora of things that people have never heard of and never will understand. But 
they are they are very deep the catalog is just vast um it's one of those things where uh when disney realized that animated feature films were very difficult to make and took a long time that especially when the world war ii era began that they had to diversify in some way but to continue to make the products that they were doing they turned to um like live action films and so for the grand majority of its history they've been producing live action films that don't garner the same type of like cult following that the animated films do or have been remembered to but in a lot of ways they're they're kind of like the backbone that's kept disney afloat in a few really hard times so live action like the tom sawyer um like the oh god i can't even think of some of them but like tom sawyer's island there's the uh, the robinson's one i can't even think of it but a lot of those films were what kept disney alive uh walt disney is also known for pioneering the modern wildlife documentary he was the first yes yeah first person to do that as well so it was a way to diversify the company and that's why there's just just tons and tons of live action disney movies that not many people know but is just kind of a common fact with most studios the grand majority of studios everyone don't make videos or don't make movies that are aging on 80 to 90 years old and are continuing to being watched by audiences the grand majority of movies are not consumed in that way it's kind of remarkable what disney does is amazing disney's yeah, most... an awesome company i mean well, i mean i don't know about that well, but... <laughs> you could definitely there's that's not an argument you can't make about any other about columbia or paramount or universal or any other studio that was making movies back then. Okay, are you are you are you affirming this point? No, I'm saying that that is that is uh, a, an invalid argument, saying that like other studios didn't make movies that are still being watched 80, 90 years on. Well, I think there's some, but I'm saying that like Disney has been able to create films that are continuously being watched. They that they've made a larger uh, catalog of films that are watched at a much higher rate than other studios that were around at the same time i mean i'm not gonna argue with that but they're not the only like there are still classic movies from every studio i, I mean i agree like there's like the 10 commandments there's like ben-hur like there's other massive movies sound of music there's other huge movies that have come out that people continue to watch every year but how many studios have like 50 of those well and how many students have have theme parks dedicated to 90 year old films i go to universal and i'm like men in black that's an old film and yeah. men in black is from <laughs> that had a sequel this year so you know like i i definitely see where you're coming from on that point that you know i don't think there's a ton of super old disney stuff in the parks but mickey mouse is there and he's been around the whole time yeah so i definitely get where you're coming from on that point and that 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 is a, a truly remarkable feat by disney and i think that sometimes to to it's i don't want to say disadvantage maybe to the disadvantage of uh film knowledge across the board i think sometimes people would be wise to diversify their interests in classic film if classic film is what they're into to looking at across you know all studios and not just what well what just disney and especially like Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about the holidays, look look at this Christmas time and just see like how many classic movies and where they came from and especially how how many of them have like RKO or Metro Golden Mayor or like I said Columbia or Paramount or any of those. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get what you mean by that. I don't know. I mean, I I I I was trained as a classic movies guy, so like that statement didn't really like align with me at all. 
Well, and, and I guess that's the thing is like for someone who's into classic movies and who's explored that, who's into the analysis of film and historical film, then you're right. There's lots of movies that have influenced film and that are continuing to be looked to and done research to and are you know, look to as amazing films. But I was mainly t coming from the purpose of pop culturally, like the masses. No, for sure. I get that. Um, but I also don't think that the masses are watching 90 year old Disney movies either. You're buying Mickey Mouse toys and ears. Okay, but like survey how many of them have actually seen Snow White? I would like to survey people with parents that have bought Snow White. I, be I bet more people have seen Snow White than Ben-Hur. I would agree with that too. Yeah. I would agree with that as well, but I, I, I think that with uh, uh, if you're surveying the, the movie-going audience, especially the people listening to these shows, I think obviously many more of them have seen The Lion King than have seen Snow White. Well, yeah. Well, it's came yeah. out in the demographic we're targeting. That's yeah. what, but that's what I'm saying is I think that the, the ma if you want to talk about the masses, I think the masses aren't looking back for any movie made 80, 90 years ago. I mean, I suppose, but I'm just I, like m most people don't hit a point in their life and they're like, okay, I'm a 50 year old person with kids that are 15. Now I want to, now's the time to show them Ben-Hur. <laughs> like, but there's definitely people that you're right. That point. And see, that's the, that's the weird thing is like that point in my life was when I was nine, <laughs> not, not 15. I was like nine. My dad was like, this is Ben-Hur. This movie sucks. <laughs> You know what? You know what? Here's the thing. It does suck. <laughs> um, I think, I, but it, I think Isaac, you've got a good point. I mean, let's 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 take a look at the Snow White example. I have not seen uh, I if a Ben Hur pop culture reference was made in a modern film, I would completely miss it. And I'm like a movie person, but Snow mm -hmm. White, the character, was in Ralph Breaks the Internet. But have you seen Snow White? I think so, yeah. We had it on VHS. I don't know that I could, like, not since I've been a conscious adult, but as a child, I definitely saw it. And, it definitely and played the, the in front of my eyeballs. the thing is, too, is that in the next four years, you're going to watch Snow White. Me? Yeah. Oh, because of my child? You, you have an offspring. <laughs> Snow White. Have you seen Moana? It's pretty freaking good. There's, yeah, there's the thing I is, mean, is, is like, there's a lot of... And this is sort of the point I was trying to argue is, like, I think Disney's made some of their best movies ever within the last eight years as opposed to the last 80 years. Okay. I mean, the, in like, the last 80 years, they did make Moana and Frozen, so... No, but, like, I, I, I think that there are more animated Disney movies that I like that came out between 2010 and 2018 than came out before 2010. Frozen's so good. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I, I think that Frozen. they are really hitting their stride right now. Them and, and uh, you know, they own Pixar. So, like, Pixar gets factored into that equation. Well, I think, I, I think you have a good point there that Disney is hitting a new type of stride right now. Like, we're in a different era of Disney that will be remembered for it dominating the animated industry. Well, right. Dominating and, like, I've seen, I've seen a lot of those because I did grow up in classic movies. I've seen a lot of those those uh live action disney movies that they would probably rather just forget um like there was they, they they were there was a while there where they were just churning out movies left and right whether it made sense or not yes and a lot of them were like i've seen homeward bound the incredible journey i've seen the freaking original incredible journey from 65 or whatever they're not great movie there was a lot of bad movies that came out there no and, and see that's the thing that i find kind of silly about people that are very critical of disney doing things like um the live action remakes of films and, and who act as if this that disney doesn't have a historical precedent of churning out things that will result in them making a profit like this is this is a business that has been around for 100 years so there's been times where they've 
done it and they've done it hard well and not to mention like (laughs) i think here's what drives me crazy about the uh the audience 30 and under on the live action remakes is you're the only people that don't like them they're making a billion dollars because a large percentage of people really like them because they really mm-hmm. liked Beauty and the Beast. And then they went and they saw... They saw uh, Hermione D- B. Bell. They saw Hermione B. Bell and that was cool, right? And then they went and saw uh, Lion King and they were like, wow, this is like a nature documentary and that's awesome. And then they went and saw Aladdin and were like, oh my gosh, Will Smith. Obviously, nobody's going to be Robin Williams. I would never expect him to be. But this was a very good take on it. Man, if Disney would go back and make and remake some of their like live action nature documentaries... I'd be all about that. That was in the in the in the fifties and sixties. That was the best thing that Disney did was they made a bunch of like we're gonna follow this bear and some jovial guy is gonna talk to you about this bear <laughs> and we're gonna give him a story, but he's just a bear. He's gonna so, do bear things and we're gonna write a story around him and you're gonna think he's freaking adorable. I got a problem with that, Ethan. That bear is dead. They can't remake it. Yeah, but it. like you got another bear. <laughs> Literally, the National Park Service is out here like, hey, just guys, just remember, fat bears are healthy bears. Well, are like, sure. are you aware of like the, the Disney nature documentaries that they still do? Like, they still have like a funding for it. Yeah, do they still they, do those? Yeah, yeah they, they, like they're not too long ago. Like uh, Morgan Freeman did the penguins thing. Yeah, right? um, the guy who played Andy from The Office did one about penguins as well. And uh, they, they, I didn't know that. I loved those. Oh, those were my they, favorite things got, when I was a kid. They've got them all over. I'm trying the place. to remember what the one about the bear was. If you go to your local family video, they are in the free area of the kids in my, section. In my local what? Family video. What the heck is that? It's like Blockbuster, but it's still around. No, I don't want the 2014 no, movie bears. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it is. The, see, they're pairing. Family video is very smart because they're continuously pairing with. Um, like pizza joints. So if you like buy a pizza and get it delivered to your house, you can just get a free movie with family video. They're just like throwing a video. So, and when, and if you order another pizza, they'll take the movie back for you. So they're like doing creative things like that. Family video is still around in my town. Well, actually both places I live. What? I would love to own a video rental store. That would be so cool. Unfortunately, it I'm would trying to figure out what one thousand percent flop where I the live. IMDb. So the IMDb top fifty list of movies featuring animals. Uh, number ten on this list is Marmaduke. <laughs> like okay. the Kurt, like Owen Wilson Marmaduke. Like the Owen Wilson Marmaduke. Yeah. To be fair, number six is the snakes on a plane above Jaws. <laughs> This is the worst list I've ever seen. I'm trying to figure out what the freaking Disney bear documentary I'm talking about Are was. you sure it's not just a list of 50 movies starring animals and not like the top 50? It says 50 best movies featuring animals. Okay, so it's the 50 best. I did not necessarily in order. They're listed one, two, three, four. That's in order. Well, I don't That's think- That's how a top 50 list works. But if, you, but if you make a list on IMDb, I think it just puts them in that order. Hmm. Based on what? Okay. What do you mean? Just bear country. Uh, 1953. That might be it. Uh, it was a series that is... Alright, so I looked up Disney Nature first. And Disney Nature has a historical precedent of being from the True Life Adventures and is a series of 14 full-length and short-subject documentary films produced by Walt Disney Productions roughly between the years of 1948 and 1960. And one of them is... Well, there's in Beaver Valley, some of the the Olympic elk, water birds, and then number six, bear country. And I don't think any of them have anything else to do with bears, so that seems it. 
Oh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm watching a clip from it. This is 100% it. The 33-minute documentary Bear Country. Oh, and this is the beautiful thing, too. This played with Peter Pan during its original theatrical run. That's awesome. I've seen, I have seen this thing. I've seen Bear Country from Disney probably 14 times in my life. <laughs> That's I seven hours three, of Bear Country. I needed three seconds of that audio to tell me that it was the same thing. I've seen I've seen most of the Homeward Bound, Winston Homeward Bound type videos or movies. I've seen Homeward Bound and the sequel and Cats and Dogs and it would appear that this guy all the narrated movies all of the Disney nature things from that period. And Airbud. Very cool. Because those would come on, those would, they would just play those on TCM when they had like a random 30 minute block between movies. Oh, that makes sense. They're like, oh, this movie's only so long, but we're starting another movie at eight. Let's play Bear Country. <laughs> Ethan, I have a question for you, and I don't want yeah. you to think that I'm coming after you because I'm definitely not, and I hope it doesn't sound like I am. You grew up in a Turner Classic Movies household. Yes. Are you under the impression that that's normal? No. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. I thought you were going to go somewhere like, hey, that's just like people growing up with like Disney Channel or something like that. It is exactly like that. Yeah. It is exactly like that. It's like- I, No, but, uh, but people come from my neck all the time when I say I didn't watch Disney Channel growing up. Mm. So, but, but, but I would, I would counterpoint, you sort of come from people's necks when they say they grew up watching Disney Channel. So, I mean, whatever. It's my show. <laughs> it is your show. I did not come up watching Disney Channel or Turner Classic Movies. I because came I, up. I have, I have faced so much of the like, like with this movie, it's like, what? You never saw Hocus Pocus as a kid? Did you not watch Disney Channel? You freaking weirdo. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I didn't watch Disney Channel. I was watching good movies. We, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, I was watching good movies, not. <gasps> Not this, not <laughs> Halloween Town, not Wizards of Waverly Place. Like, well, Wizards of Waverly Place would have been when you were in high school. Yeah. Um, Whatever. <laughs> we didn't get Disney Channel. I watched like I, I watched undeniably, I like certifiably, objectively good movies for the most part. Well, like movies that the grand populace has decided are worth watching, not just like a group of nostalgic teenagers. You could. But the argue. grand populace is now those those nostalgic teenagers, and it was a group of nostalgic teenagers who chose those Turner Classic movies. I was about to say a bunch of nostalgic old white guys. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth too, right? Ben Hur is great. <laughs> you guys could benefit from from some TCM. I'm sure. I I, I would I'm love sure, yeah, to I'm sure it'd be a grow. Ride. Yeah, I, I'm. Sh I would love to grow my my catalog of scene films. I I would certainly love that. Uh, but no, I am not under the impression that is normal, but I also don't, I, I would argue based on how we grew up and who we grew up with that the subset of people who obsessively watch Disney Channel and know the whole Disney back catalog is equally as not normal. I would, I would agree that it is. Because I, I, you didn't grow up like that. Our friends didn't grow up like that. Hardly anybody we went to high school with grew up like that. We like met these people in college that grew up like that. And then now they're a bunch of people that interact with us because of the show they're like that. But like for the grand majority of people, that is also not the norm. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think you have to choose that life. Yeah, like yeah. Unless your parents are like that, you you got to choose the life. I I think the main thing for me is that I think people that are pretty isolated from the movie world, if they have kids, they're going to buy a Disney animated film at some point and pop it in the Blu-ray player or put it up on the stream, like at some point. I, I will say this as a parent, although I, I do come from a world where like Disney has definitely benefited uh, my family and, and our thing. And my child is not old enough to be watching movies. She has no idea what's going on the television. Um, but I will say that when I consider 
like what if i had to choose loyalty to like a film company to like just show like to reliably show family friendly quality products that would educate my daughter in a way that i think was a fairly worldly knowledge of a film and the medium I would almost definitely almost exclusively show Disney films. Like I would choose almost any Disney film before I wanted to watch uh, any Minions film. Mm -hmm. And like, I like the Despicable Me movies. That's what's weird to me about it is that like, I think the the Despicable Me proper, like one, two, and three are hilarious and excellent movies. But I do think that uh, Illumination, I don't want to say it's raunchier, but it's raunchier. And that like stresses me out. And it's about, you know, villains and stealing things. And that stresses me out. And so I don't know. It, it, Disney to me seems like a safer bet, but I'm sure we'll watch Illumination movies and I'm sure I'll buy stupid Minions stuff at some point. <laughs> because at the end of the day, if I put on Moana and she's like, this is stupid. We watched this at a time where I'm not interested in it. And now I hate this. And then I put on Despicable Me at a time where she's paying attention to the TV. She's going to end up loving the Minions. There's no stopping that. Anyway. um, Yeah. No, I, I fully agree with you. Um. I think that Disney, if you if you have to like st- the Disney Channel is probably not a bad idea. Like if you need to stick your kid in front of a TV, and I think this is a lot of where a lot of this came from is like babysitters and stuff like didn't know what to do and stuck the kids in front of a TV with Disney Channel on. And Disney Channel is not bad. I like I I grew up watching Nickelodeon. That was our Disney Channel. We didn't get Disney Channel. I remember mm-hmm. when it like added to our catalog. I was very young. I was probably six, but I do remember like today we didn't have just Disney Channel, and now we do. And I remember like trying to get into the shows that were on it and being like, okay, well, I already know the characters and the, and the shows that are on Nickelodeon. So I'm just going to stick with Nickelodeon. And I don't think that any had any sort of adverse effect on me. I think that that was just the one that I, I went with, but I felt like growing up, there was like Disney channel was for the valedictorian kids and cartoon network was for the kids who hung out in dumpsters and Nickelodeon was sort of where I landed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and uh and until i was old enough to watch like the the sort of pop american anime like the you know dragon ball z and pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff i don't watch that on cartoon network but i never never really watched disney channel until uh i had like a guilty pleasure for hannah montana because i think i thought miley cyrus was super hot when i was like 14 to 18 yeah she was when we were 14 yeah Uh, and and let me tell you something that you're not going to stop the raging hormones of a 14 year old boy. Uh, so that was that was why I watched that show. Uh, but that was that was really it like that. I think that was the only show that I ever really like consistently watched on on Disney Channel. I think that's something to acknowledge as well is that I feel like there was, I mean, on Disney Channel, it feels like there's a large emphasis the grand majority of the time, especially at least when we were growing up. It was much more focused on creating live action shows than the creation of animated shows so for me especially i would say i probably enjoyed a lot more nickelodeon shows on a consistent basis like i enjoyed spongebob jimmy neutron and the most beautiful danny phantom danny phantom's an amazing show yes oh my gosh Uh, butch hartman thank you so much for everything you do yeah exactly and but the main oh yeah bush hartman's a master like beyond like disney channel original movies and airing disney content i feel like the main reason that i've connected still with disney channel like is because of how much farther spread disney as a company is relative to nickelodeon like without the feature films and the synergy with like the parks like I think Disney Channel wouldn't be, is not the main reason I've connected with Disney, where I feel like it's insane how well, like, 
those properties like Danny Phantom, The Last Airbender, like have been able to grow audiences that connect with it so much without the full company supporting them. So Nickelodeon's awesome in its own right. <laughs> yeah. Back when I was a kid, Nickelodeon and Disney might as well have been the same thing because they both had theme parks. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Nickelodeon had a, had a daily after school show where you could go get slimed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, when we were kids, was a, a, a mythic kingdom that does not exist anymore. They had, like, like game shows and, and stuff and all kinds of stuff. That, like It was part of the whole Nickelodeon experience. Like, you wanted to be on Double Dare, man. Yeah. And, and Nickelodeon was, like, excellent. And to be honest, if I go toe-to-toe with most Nickelodeon versus Disney Channel shows, I think with the exception of, uh, oh, what was the one with- I couldn't tell with, you a whole lot of Disney Channel with, shows. No, the, the, the live action with Mr. Feeney. No idea. Um, are you talking about Who's Ned's Mr. Declassified? Feeny? No, 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 Disney Channel. Oh, God, Mr. Feeney. Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide is a gem. That or is Mr. Feeny one of the or, best live action shows ever. Like, Ned's, Ned's Declassified is great, show. but... Yeah. Uh, but what's what's the show I'm thinking of? They have the the sequel show on it right now. It's about a bunch of kids in high school. Uh, oh, Boy Meets World. That was an Boy ABC Family show. Yeah. Oh, was it? I would have thought it was Disney Channel. So that, that if, since it's not Disney Channel, that was... I think that and like Saved by the Bell, which I know wasn't Disney Channel either, were considerably better than I think anything on Nickelodeon. But Nickelodeon growing up had, I mean, even from early, like late 90s stuff like Keenan and Kel and all that and stuff like that. And even from there into the Amanda show and then from there into Drake and Josh had... You know, uh, Saved by the Bell, like, went off air when you were like four months old, bro. Did it really? Yeah. Uh, May 1993, so six months. Well, I don't know. I watched Saved by the Bell. They played it. I've never seen a single episode of Say by the Bell. It's it, it actually uh Zach is That the is one I was definitely person. too old for. Uh, or too young for. I watched it Jonathan watched it before school in the mornings. So I I'd seen a few episodes. But I in terms of Pokemon like, and Yu-Gi-Oh before school in the mornings. Yeah. In in terms of narrative structure, it was better than all of the Nickelodeon shows. I remember uh, like even Stevens was good. That was a live action show. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. It wasn't better than like Naked Brothers Band. It was Oof. much better than the Naked yeah, Brothers Band. <laughs> no, but like okay. yeah, like Zoe 101. Uh Drake That was and a Josh. great show. Yeah. yeah. Drake and Josh was great. Yeah. I think Drake Josh was great. I would say I just, that's it. that based on just shows, I enjoyed Nickelodeon as a kid more than Disney Channel. Well, and the animated shows on Nickelodeon were amazing. I mean, SpongeBob yeah. to this day is so good. You Like mm-hmm. you said, Danny Phantom's so good. Uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, I could oh, yeah. watch that same formula over and over again for days of like, Timmy makes a wish. That's against the rules. He does it anyway. Oh, be careful what you wish for. I could watch that my whole life. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now I, but yeah, and I guess now the reason I watch a lot of the Disney Channel shows that I do is that they were connected to something that I care about still today. So the show that I originally got back into Disney Channel with was Star Wars Rebels, which Mm -hmm. was originally airing, like the original team was working at Cartoon Network until of course Disney bought them. Um, But yeah, Star Wars Rebels was awesome. Here's the thing though. Disney Channel is like officially dead, right? Like no, not yet. Disney Plus launches in like ten days, right? Yeah, I I don't really thirteen days. I don't think that they're going to completely get rid of the Disney Channel just yet, but I'm sure it's going to be an inevitable thing that they will no longer pour as many resources into that. But the 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 reality is is that they have still have 
a large amount of reach in those platforms still. So I think they'll probably develop things for them and then they'll go to Disney plus immediately. And that was sort of where I wanted to transition to was like growing up, I think Nickelodeon was just better across the board, but now Disney channel has so many to me, really interesting animation like even just as like an art form approaches, I mm-hmm. think Tangled the series. I've never watched an episode of it, but I love the way that it looks. Oh yeah. Um, I think that that animation style is very, very cool. Star Wars Rebels is like 3D animated. They have a bunch of 3D animated shows that look really, really good, better than like Jimmy Neutron ever did. Of course, it's it's a different time period, so it it should look better. Um, but I don't know. That's I think Disney Channel has a lot going for it right now with animation, even though I don't watch any of it. But I don't watch any yeah. TV, so it's not like I'm discriminating there. I just don't watch TV, mm-hmm. except Stranger Things. Have you guys seen that? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I feel like that's... I've replaced with as, like, YouTube's grown. Like, my video games time has decreased, but I still watch shows and YouTube, and I'm more of, like, and this consume is, that. That's mm-hmm. the thing is, like, everybody's like, ah, oh, Disney Plus, they're gonna have so many original series, and I'm like, yeah, but, like, so does everybody else. They're doing, re- everybody's doing really good work right now. So, Disney Plus is big shoes to fill. I mean, we we have it anyway. We're gonna... I mean, we, for sure, but it's like, if you're gonna get me... If you're gonna ask me to... Like, I'm not the guy that's gonna just watch Disney Plus series because they're on Disney Plus and they exist. Uh, no, so I'll watch want, them because if, if I've you heard they're sell good. you want to sell me... Yeah, you, they gotta or be good. Or because somebody asked me to review it for money. Yeah, they gotta be good. Like, are you guys gonna review The Mandalorian once it comes out? Almost I will watch not. The Mandalorian no, mo- no matter what. We will not review it. Probably not. But we, I will right. definitely watch it. I will as well. I, I mean, we can do like a little... Can unless it sucks. <laughs> if I watch the pilot and I'm like, I hate this, then I'm not going to watch I, it. I, I, am, I am abhorrent to the idea of it. Why? Yeah. Because I hate, I hate the Fets. What? Well, he's not... He's no worries, man. He's not a fet. This is a man. This is a real Mandalorian. I don't care. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with that whole. It's it's too. It is too Boba Fett adjacent for me, dude. But he's not a fet. I, fet I was know, just wearing the armor. Just, he was a fake. It's just it's too it's too Boba Fett adjacent for me to to immediately give it a pass. Like it's gonna have to be good. It's gonna have to be good to win me over. I would I would say that John Favreau is consistent enough that I'm not worried. I'm not worried either, but it's not like I'm not sold on the idea. I'm not like I'm going to go see and I will defend the Rise of Skywalker pretty much no matter what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's Star There's, Wars. I don't, I don't see a world of me not loving the Rise of Skywalker. It's going to have to really suck. If, if the problem is it would have to suck so bad that I then, re- and as a result, don't like any of Star Wars. Right. There's either going to have to, I'm either going to love it or there's going to be like a Jersey burning. See, the thing <laughs> where I'm going to get I've all mad money on this with. and be like, sell your Star Wars stock. I'm out. <laughs> I've just realized that no matter what happens with the sequel trilogy is that Star Wars is going to continue on we're still going to get other things. The reality is, is that the movies that we originally love still exist. And even if they try to retcon right, something. Right, but you can still Fortnite. Got the ending. Well, they I still mean, have a yes. chance to Fortnite. Well, got no, the no, ending. I, I completely agree. I think they could recontextualize everything to make a lot of the Skywalker story become completely washed. At least if you put a lot of weight into what they say. Like, you... I mean, they could make it where Anakin's sacrifice and return of the Jedi means nothing. Like, they could do that. They could, you know, make Anakin's fall to the dark side seem something super silly or something weak. You know, like, there's a lot of iterations where you take something that's very meaningful and very impactful and then wash it away. But I think that even if it tries to wash it away, that I've just come to the fact that I still like Revenge of the Sith. I still like 
you know, I like prequel material. I still like the old Republic. Like that's that's part of it is well, not going and, away. And that's the thing is like a lot of the big complaint after the prequel trilogy was Darth Vader was supposed to be this like, you know, super powerful evil creature and Anakin was this like sniveling baby for, for the prequel trilogy and I don't feel that way. I think that, you know, there was some some shoddy writing and some so-so acting, but I still feel like, you know, Anakin killed a bunch of kids and he killed the sand people and he's like a pretty genuinely evil person with a pretty bad temper and he doesn't seem like a whiny baby to me, but that was the complaint was that like Mm -hmm. Darth Vader is now not as menacing as he was before because we know that he was this cute kid. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think the other thing is too, is like the reality is too, is that if people are upset with it, they'll continue to contextualize it until they try to heal it a little bit like uh for example the exploration of anakin in the clone wars is amazing like that's the anakin that i think about when i think of prequels anakin is clone wars anakin skywalker because he's like he seems so slick he's so smooth he's so like he seems like the ultimate jedi in the clone wars so then watching like having that point of view going into episode three it's just epic watching his transformation right but watching the trilogy uh is not as impactful but so there's always the reality that that could be the case as well for anything that happens in the sequel trilogy is that you know dave filoni can just make a series and make it all better yeah it's not gonna work on me (laughs) i still haven't seen the clone wars hey i i don't think you need to i would just say when the Disney Plus Clone Wars episode, uh, season six comes out, just watch that, man. And if you care about it enough, then just go in reverse order. Um, but it's the same thing. It's like it's like Stranger Things. Like, we all know Stranger Things is making a, a season four. They've announced it, and I'm sitting here like, oh, man, you can really still mess this up, guys. Like, you have a big job here. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think we, we... But I do think we have seen like in in the world of sequel culture where every film gets a sequel i think we are a lot more forgiving with bad sequels than we used to be i don't think we should be though i mean i don't think necessarily we have to like this bad sequel but i think that like our for a long time a bad sequel made the original bad and i don't think that that's still the case I uh, it is for me. Hmm. If you if you ruin the story, you can't unruin the story. I'd rather him just leave well enough alone most of the time. Well, I mean, I guess that's fair, but like you can still enjoy the first one. I mean, ideally. I mean, that's correct, yeah. but I enjoy it less. Well, and I and I think like a good example would be maybe I don't know I haven't seen it, but <clears throat> I would imagine it's going to be a lot harder for a lot of people to watch all of Game of Thrones again because it ends so poorly. Oh, I I think so. I think that's <laughs> it, it. Deters me from ever watching it again, knowing it, where it, it deters goes. me from ever picking it up. Although yeah. if you've read the books, you know it's obviously going to go to Bran. Like ninety percent of the books are about Bran. I have no dog in this fight. Yeah, I don't know anything about the books. Or I didn't. Not very I didn't much. hate the ending. <laughs> really? Uh, not not as much as everybody else did. I also like the Last Jedi, man. I like. I. I am, the I'm Last cool Jedi is a is a masterpiece. It's been regarded about the same way as the season eight of Game of Thrones. No, I I am deep in Star Wars fandom Twitter right now, and I am in the the side that is pro Last Jedi. And man, the warriors, the Jedi. Jedi. I mean, people have started to hate. Like I said, people started to hate Avengers Endgame. Uh, oh, that was inevitable. Yeah, it's, it's. I like the way Avengers Endgame ended, man. It's just like, I yeah. I, I I'm not. I am not asking for the ending that all the all the fanboys are asking for from Star Wars. I am asking for an ending that doesn't ruin it. <laughs> That's all I care about. If this movie's at least decent, I'm gonna love it. See, the the main thing I want from it is is I just want the Skywalker lineage to have made a positive impact 
in the galaxy and that yep. to be the impact that is left after episode nine that the skywalkers came to... into the world did some insane things but left the galaxy in a better place better place than it started and i want them to do that and i want them to shut the book and throw it away I don't know that the galaxy can be in a better place than where shut it started. The, shut the book and set it on fire. <laughs> Alderaan Never has open exploded, guys. I don't know if you remember. Alderaan and like seven other planets are gone. Thanos we'll couldn't see. have snapped we'll his fingers and left that be and the world be two. a better place. Because <laughs> to seven two. planets, the world doesn't exist anymore. We got two months left. <laughs> Not even. Month and a half. They blew planets up, guys. <laughs> to all you Vader haters out there, we'll blow your planet up. <laughs> but see, it's, I mean, it's really not about, like, the ethics of our world, but the ethics of, like, the the Star Wars world. It's a different game when we're talking about poor Anakin Skywalker. He just wanted to save the twins, man. He just wanted, he just wanted to save Padme from dying. I'm just gonna start arguing that Spaceballs is part of the Star Wars canon. Hey, you gotta have clean air. Plaid. Love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting news. We are at wrap time. All right. And I normally wouldn't press it because I'm enjoying this Hocus Pocus based conversation. We do have a third podcast to record and it is 1130 at night. So we do need to wrap. Hocus yeah. Pocus, the podcast. Let's go ahead and wrap. Yeah. Is this the uh, worst movie we've reviewed this year? Yeah, it's behind, worse than She's the Man. It, it's behind She's the Man, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. And what else did we do? What did we do last week? No idea. No idea. <laughs> I know the big left thing is, though, is it worse I than Venom? I think I left. No, that's that's off the table. Zombieland. Zombieland. We did Zombieland last week. Yeah, we closed the book every year. Oh, okay. I do have so, I do have a new segment, Ethan, where I take a movie from year one and a movie from year two, and I make you choose between the two of them. Well, we'll get to that next week. Okay. Um, Oof. Yeah, it's. Pro I haven't seen She's the Man in so long, but I gotta say it's probably worse. What's probably worse? This. Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I would agree, although they're both so bad. <laughs> I mean, it, it's probably to no surprise I would rather turn on Hocus Pocus than She's the Man, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, that is not a dichotomy I would love to be stuck with, is the real thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I would prefer to be like, well, do you have a copy of Jaws? <laughs> Could we just yeah. go on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard on YouTube you can yeah. watch. I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch the new Peter McKinnon short. The mountains won't remember me. I'm gonna watch a far off place on YouTube. The whole okay, movie. Okay, so so cool. All right, <laughs> worst movie ever. What's the breakfast food? What is this? What does this taste like? It tastes freaking nasty, dude. Listen, I don't care if you like this movie or if you dislike this movie. The witches are supposed to be nasty, and therefore it's nasty. Here's what I think. It's I like. Think I feel like it's you take a glass bowl, you crack some eggs in it, you throw a whole bunch of like caramel corn, you put in the like every little crazy treat with the wrapper on and then you just bake it and it's just it's just hard and it's gross and there's like nothing consistent about it. But for a few, it tastes good. But for the grand majority, it, it's just a burnt This mess. is the movie. Th this movie is the feeling you have after you wake up. On November 1st and you eat 14 pieces of candy corn for breakfast and you feel like absolute garbage or you feel good for because five you're minutes. 26 years old and you can't do that anymore I feel like no I feel like I'll be honest what I'm imagining is like a, a pair of sweaty nasty whitey tighties inside <laughs> of a bowl of uncracked eggs and then you just hit it with a fork man <laughs> That's where I'm at. Anyway, not Isaac, uncracked egg, cracked Where eggs. can we find you and what's next for you? So, the best places to find me are 
YouTube and Instagram at Watso Videos. Those are the places where I post a lot about Disney. I'm focused, uh, talking about theories and characters, backstories, and about the, the magic of Disney. But in addition to those amazing places where I am Watso Videos, you can also find my podcast, Following Dreams, where I recently interviewed Ethan and Tyler, and you can hear about their story of how they're pursuing their dreams. Hey, when is that episode going up? Uh, it will be up this Friday, the audio version. Okay, so tomorrow, mm -hmm. as you're, you're listening, listening to this, this on release day. Yes. Yep. If you're listening to this on release day, tomorrow is Isaac's episode. It's going to be really good. As well as tomorrow, uh, another great thing. I am on an episode of uh, Hello from Elsewhere. Oh my gosh. So many podcasts for Ethan this week. Tomorrow. Yep. I'm on an episode of Hello from Elsewhere. That'll be linked in the description as well. And I did an interview with Casey. I almost said Casey Neistat. That would be dope. I did an interview <laughs> with Casey Winters, the lovely host of Hello dope. from Elsewhere, about my favorite book, American Gods by Neil Gaiman. And it was a delightful conversation in which Casey asked me some very very hard questions that sounds extremely interesting it was you should listen to it it's gonna be a very short i think like 15 20 minute episode little, little bite-sized nug Ooh. um anyway we've got exciting stuff coming soon as well from the baking and eggs network um uh but i think we're ready to go ahead and wrap this shindig up so i'm gonna say our graphics are by vaishan brandon our music is by andrew scott bell he's been isaac carlson he's been tyler carlin i've been ethan Edgehill. And until next week, Arrivederci. Cool. Anderson is just Sanderson without the S.